All right, boys. So, you know, I've struggled with pain. You know, I've struggled with weight loss. You know, I've struggled with anxiety and you know, I've struggled with sleep. What if I told you there was a place that could help you with all of these things? True Life Dispensary, pain relief without narcotics, sleep, weight loss, anxiety relief. You can find this at 117 West Commerce Street in Hernando. Hours, Monday through Friday, 9 to 7, Saturday, 10 to 5. So check them out and get your life turned around. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim Cross. And Jim, tonight we're ending season four with episode 23 titled, Oh, Captain, My Captain, because tonight we're going to be talking to the Ole Miss baseball captain, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Tim Elko. But before Jim, Jim joins us, Jim, I got to know, we got some contest winners out there. Who are they? Who are our lucky folks? Tell us, hit us with it. Yeah, so we got Chandler Permanter, we got Melanie Lambert, and we got Michael Thompson. So part of the deal was you had to listen to this Tim Elko episode to know that you were a winner. So the three of y'all reach out to me. Once again, Chandler, Melanie, and Michael, reach out to me, and I'll get you hooked up with those tickets, courtesy of In Off the Bench. Chandler, Melanie, Michael, thanks for supporting. Thanks for listening. Big winners. But really, the big winner tonight is our guest. So let's get right to it, Jim, with the biggest interview of podcasting this week. Our man, Old Miss baseball captain, Tim Elko. All right, Tim, my man, welcome to the show. How are we doing tonight? Doing great. Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, you have actually been on the docket for a while. We, you know, followed Ole Miss baseball for a couple years now, and it, your name always came up, and the story got even better and better from other people. And I kept telling Jim, I was like, we got to get him. We got to get his story from him. Nobody else, because all these things they're telling us are great, but I want the real deal, Holyfield, from you. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that we finally got you on. It's, it's a good time to have you cause you guys are getting, uh, ramped up, ready to go. I'm sure you guys are excited. Um, I know expectations are high and we're going to get into all that, but, but first, man, I, I really need to know how's the knee, how, how's the body, how are we holding up? Feeling good? Yeah, feeling great. Um, I mean, the knee is just, uh, it's just a long process. Um, you know, my family knows a couple of pts they live uh close to us and um they're just telling us you know it's just going to take the time it's going to take uh it's not like uh, maybe some other things where hey you can bounce back a little quicker you know blah 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 you know it's just, it's just going to take the time it, that, it, that it needs um it's got to heal and then you got to strengthen it back up and uh, a lot of strengthening it back up but uh you know i'm kind of uh and i'm feeling really good uh inter-squatted last weekend bouncing around out playing first base uh ran out of double, you know, I'm feeling really good. Um, you know, it was kind of a struggle there for a little bit um, towards the beginning and even the middle um, being here in the fall. And it wasn't easy, you know, watching everybody play the whole fall and really not being able to do much and kind of just doing, you know, a couple hours of rehab a day. And, um, you know, it, it starts to take a little bit of a toll on you, but um, 
I mean, with the endless support of all my friends and family and coaches, I mean, it, it, uh, it made it a lot easier, but, um, yeah, knee feels great right now. Uh, really, really ready to go best it's felt. So I guess that's a uh, good timing, but, um, yeah, ready to go for the season. Absolutely, man. It's, it's just another validation of the things that, that we hear about you, a hard worker, you put in that, that effort, that grind, you know, that we like to talk about on our show. Um, you know, but obviously, you know, that hard work, that work ethic, that grind, you just, you just don't wake up one day and have it. Those are things that you inherently work on or learn, you know, from a young age. So with that, take me back to the beginning, man. Like tell the listeners, where are you from? Like, what was it like growing up where you, where you lived? Did you have brothers and sisters? What was the household like? Yeah. Um, so I was actually uh, born in Wichita, Kansas, but I only lived there for about two years. Uh, so it's not really anything major uh, that I remember, anything like that. But moved to uh, just outside of Tampa, Florida, um, Lutz, Florida, and uh, been there ever since. Um, with my family, I've got one older sister. Um, she's actually about to graduate uh, from med school and start her residency. Um, she's awesome, super smart, uh, really great girl. and. Um, I mean, it's been awesome to have her as a, as a sister growing up, um, just always being there for me and, um, helping me through hard times and, um, just having somebody there as a support system, of, of course, alongside my parents and the rest of my family. But, um, yeah, I mean, growing up in a great household, I couldn't ask for better parents. And obviously, like I said, a better sister, um, grew up going to church and, um, building my faith through that and. Um, finding my way through my relationship with uh, Jesus. And, um, you know, I think that that kind of came onto display last year, which, you know, I'll get to, I guess, in a little bit. But, um, yeah, growing up in Lutz, Florida, played travel ball. Uh, I played – they had a little little league right by my house uh, in Lutz, Lutz of the League, and played there for a little bit, but then uh, moved to a uh, more of a pony ball um, in a place called Forest Hill, pretty close by to where I lived. and. Um, from there, uh, played there about a year or two. And um, we actually started up a travel ball team uh, when I was eight years old uh, from the all-star team that uh, played in that pony ball league and uh, started out as a Tampa Bay Bulls and uh, went out and started the AAU grind. And, um, you know, everything went up from there and played on a whole bunch of different teams and um, ended up in high school, uh, ended up playing for the Orlando Scorpions. Um, which was great for me. Got to play with some other really good competition and um, get seen by different colleges, of course, by Ole Miss. And, um, you know, if I hadn't played for them, I, I think it would have been tough for me to get that opportunity. So um, I'm forever thankful for that and the guys that helped me out there at the Scorpions. Um, so it must be nice, you know, down there in Florida to get to play baseball year round because, you know, obviously you know what it's like where you're at in Oxford now. And then if you go up further north – you don't get that nice temperature year round to play that baseball. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a, a blessing hey, to play in Florida. Hey, that's for sure. Tim, don't don't pay that question no attention. They're they're <laughs> texting me their weather reports for for tomorrow and the next couple of days. Meanwhile, I'm texting the them the one down here in Tampa that's 79 degrees today and beautiful. So they're just a little they're just hating a little bit right now. They're they're bitter because the cold is setting in on them. But you you mentioned the travel ball, the Scorpions. You talked about, you know, high school, um, 
but is was baseball the only sport growing up? No, I actually played uh, soccer, uh, travel, travel soccer as well growing up my whole life. Uh, and I actually stopped playing that my junior year of high school because I realized I wanted to play baseball and that's what I was going to do. So um, I stopped playing soccer. But I mean, I, my parents were driving me from a, a travel soccer game uh, the same day over to a baseball tournament. So Daniel, you uh, was your biggest fan until you said soccer. That's his least favorite sport. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how y'all do it i mean if if the score if you do all that work see that's why your knees hurt man because yeah you did all that work for what to tie or, yeah or one goal yeah. oh man that's just that's too much too much no i i mean it's it's crazy because it, you're right like down in florida like growing up obviously the weather's nice enough to play any sport year round and if you're a dual sport athlete like you are like that's exactly what i pictured going from one practice to the other one game to the other you know you don't want to lose in a tournament on a saturday but if you do you know you can turn around and go to the other one (laughs) for another sport but um you know you, you you mentioned yourself um the the travel aspect to it um you talked about being from lutes but how does a guy from lutes because i've been to lutes now and i know where hillsborough high school is yeah how does a guy from lutes end up at hillsborough high school yeah um so they have a ib program there which is uh like a magnet program um and my sister uh she's about to be a doctor uh she decided to go there she's a couple years older than me um so she went there and uh she really liked it and i wasn't like a huge fan of the high school right by my house um and so uh you pretty much just apply to that program and if you get in you can go so um i would drive half hour 40 minutes to school in the mornings which you know wasn't obviously ideal uh considering the high school like was right by my house was like five minutes away um but uh, it was a, I, I, it was a great experience. Um, I came into college with 26 hours uh, already finished in credits and um, played on a good baseball team for four years. And, um, you know, we never went to States. I think we were at the, the one game away from States like two or three times, but uh, really enjoyed going to Hillsborough. Um, you know, Daniel, he keeps, he keeps bringing up that, you know, she's going to be a doctor, but if you look at the, the Ole Miss, uh, web page you know it doesn't say he he's mastering in sports <laughs> analytics it actually says master of sports analytics so this dude is a master of something so he keeps downplaying himself to his sister but clearly he's a genius too well don't don't let him fool you he 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 says he go he went to hillsborough for this IV program but really i know what kind of baseball players came out of hillsborough high school and it's it's a stellar list, Tim. You you can rattle off a few of them, you know. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's a pretty impressive list. You could stack it up with some of some of the best in the world, you know, because the pedigree that they put out. I mean, even in the in the city of Tampa, like the amount of players that have come out of this city has been a hotbed. So, yeah. Um, you're 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 at Hillsboro, man. Let me let me just rattle off some things for you and. and when I'm done, like, let it sink in and then tell me, like, you know, how does all that happen? So you hit 394, 
um, in your high school career. You had 93 RBIs, 71 runs, 115 hits. You were named to the 2017 Perfect Game Florida High School Dream Team. Also, you were a 2017 Rollins Perfect Game Preseason All-American. You were a 2017 Florida uh, Athletic Coaches Association All-Star. You graduate with honors. You're the vice president of the FCA National Honor Society. Like, how do you balance all that? And how do you make it happen? How are you successful on the field at that level, travel ball at that level, and maintain it in the classroom too? Because I know it's not easy. Yeah, uh, no, it definitely was not easy. Um, you know, that, that was a, a really difficult high school. Um, I mean, like I said, I came in with 26 credit hours of college courses. Like, uh, you know, it was it was pretty difficult, but, um, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of students. I mean, I only graduated with 100, 100 kids in my class. And uh, I think everybody really bonded together. And, you know, it's just kind of like you're just getting through it. Uh, you know, it, it was um, wasn't too much of like a, a grind per se just because you know you've got you've got your close friends and you're all going through the same thing and it's kind of like um I guess it's a little bit different but it's it's almost like when we go through the Omaha challenge together it's like it brings you closer and like it it makes uh tough things not seem as hard because you're going through it with people like uh who really care about you and like your successes as well and trying to do things together and uh I think that really helped me get through that tough high school and whatnot and um honestly just like sports just having sports always there uh just makes things easier uh I you know you would think oh it makes it so much harder but it kind of almost it makes it easier in a way uh just being able to lean on that as well so um just having like a close support support system and uh being with the team all the time a baseball team and your friends and everything um it just kind of makes life go easier so I would say that really helped a lot yeah, it, it seems like when the pressure or, yeah, yeah, I don't even know if pressure is the right word or just the ready to do something else starts setting in, you're moving on from the academics to baseball or baseball back to school. So, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from when, when you talk about it making it easier. Um, I will say for me, I've been in the Hillsborough High School many a times in the main corridor, it, it it's unbelievable. I mean, it's old, it's wood floors, it's wall to wall trophies, accolades, plaques, all the way through that main corridor where the offices are. I think the auditorium or something might be there. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's pretty classic, man. It, it's pretty nice. So I, I can imagine walking through there, you kind of get a, you know, rejuvenated in a sense, like you feel like, all right, like, I know the purpose, whether it's academic or on the field, like my purpose is, is here. Exactly. Um, but, but with that, obviously you, you had incredible success, obviously colleges, you know, you, when you get into the IB program, whether you're an athlete or not, the, the push obviously is moving to the next level from day one. Yeah. Um, the athletic side, I'm sure that, you know, there was a certain amount of time where colleges started saying, oh, this Tim Elko guy, he's pretty damn good. Like what, we need to start approaching him. Mm -hmm. So at, at what point in your high school career and was it at Hillsborough because it's prestigious or was it with the Scorpions or travel ball where 
you were noticed and you started garnering attention? Yeah. Um, you know, when I, at Hillsboro, um, I was able to, I was seen by a lot of the colleges kind of just around, uh, in Florida, um, like UCF came to watch, uh, uh, USF, um, Florida a little bit and mainly like, you know, colleges in Florida, just cause I mean, I think that's probably anywhere, uh, unless you're, you know, a super top recruit who's everybody's coming to watch you. Um, but that was, you know, my freshman, sophomore year. And then, you know, I felt like I was a, a, a good player and, um, you know, I could maybe be go into some of these bigger colleges. And so that's kind of when I got onto the Orlando Scorpions, um, because I knew they were a big travel organization. Uh, they know a lot of people. A lot of people went to schools like Ole Miss, you know, Auburn, all over the place, SEC, ACC, whatever. Uh, you know, they're going all over the place. And so I'm like, you know, I, I think I should get onto a team like this. It's, I think it'd be a lot easier to get seen at these tournaments and everything like that. So, um, yeah, around my junior year, I got on the Scorpions. And that was kind of when uh, I was able to get seen by a lot of the bigger schools, um, including Ole Miss, because um, my coaches for the Scorpions, you know, they had already sent a couple guys to the to Ole Miss. Um, so Michael Spears actually was on that team. Uh, Anthony Servideo, uh, Carl Gindel, who he he was no longer playing a couple years ago, but um, you know they already had a couple guys going to Ole Miss. So it was like they already had a connection and. You know, they kind of called up and like, hey, you should take a look at this guy. And um, that's kind of how I got connected to Ole Miss was pretty much to the Scorpions. Um, so that was, you know, huge, obviously, because you know, I'm here now. So uh, well, we see with Nikhazy, Coach B ain't afraid to go down to Florida and get his guys either. Yeah, yeah, he's not. Uh, he he came he comes down and um, he comes for a, a home visit. And, uh, you know, he came down and saw all of us after we uh, – verbally committed and whatnot. So, um, you know, or maybe it was after we signed, I can't remember, but, uh, yeah, coach B's coach B's not afraid to travel and get the guys he wants. Um, along with coach Clem and coach laugh, uh, I still, I, I've seen videos of me hitting in high school and you could see coach Clem in the background. Um, so, I mean, they're not afraid to travel and see those guys they, they want to see, but you know, sometimes it's like people, they know, like the scorpions guys, they kind of got to put, dudes on the radar for him, you know, because there's so many kids out there that um, are good and could be seen by laugh and clam. And, um, you know, it's hard sometimes for them to spot every single kid that, you know, could potentially come to Ole Miss. Um, I mean, when, when you're in a, when you're in a program like the Scorpions, I mean, there's so many kids and teams just yeah. in that program. I mean, you're, you got the purple team, you got the black team, you got the white team, you got, uh, some days you got people from the black team playing on the purple team and like it's, it's so crazy. Daniel is the Scorpions like the equivalent to EBC around here yeah the it's probably the premier team in the Orlando greater Orlando area I mean you're you got travel teams all over the country but they're you know when I was coaching they were one, one of the best um, you didn't do your job recruiting though because you could have recruited Tim you know when you no, were, what's see, up, man? see Tim, Tim was too big time to come down to to be a Spartan at UC, man. He, 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 was, too, he was too big for – see, t Tim is a guy that, you know, we 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 hope for. <laughs> but really, he's too smart. He, he is. He, he Academically, you know, we would thrive on D1 guys that would transfer because they just weren't smart enough to, to make it. 
But when you, you talk about Tim being IB and D1 prospect, we go, all right, man, you have a, have a good career. Um, but no, I, I did coach at UT uh, for four years when I first moved down to Tampa. And, you know, you know, I mean, the, the, yeah. I don't have to tell you, you know, the pedigree, you know, the type of teams they have, like it's, they have solid teams. They're, they're, they're legit division two um, top team every year. So, 100%. you know, so when you, when you, you say you come out of, out of Florida and you're looking at D one offers, like I, I immediately know the level of talent that you have when you add, you know, teams like the Scorpions that you're playing for, like, I, I know where, what you're projecting for. So at, at what point does, I mean, how many schools was it? What were the schools or was Ole Miss the only school or where did you actually want to go? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of always thought I wanted to go to university of Florida. Uh, I was a Gator fan growing up and yeah, I know it was thumbs down. <laughs> Dang, I'm just giving all the wrong answers tonight. The soccer and then the alligators. But uh, anyways, um, I, I always wanted to go there um, and kind of just didn't work out. Went to a camp or two and um, I guess it just didn't really like me that much. And so, you know, that was that. And um, But then, you know, once I got Scorpions, I went and visited Auburn and Miami, Ole Miss. Um, was getting interest from other smaller schools as well, um, UCF uh really wanted me to go there as well but um I went and visited those and um you know I, I really liked Auburn I thought it was super nice city uh a really cool baseball field a cool history as well I mean they've had some really good players come out of there and uh but it just kind of it just kind of seemed like Ole Miss I was comparing everything back to how much I like this at Ole Miss and how much I like this at Ole Miss and um you know that was just kind of when I knew like all right, if I'm comparing everything to how much I like this at Ole Miss, then I, I think that's the place for me. So um, that's kind of how I ended up deciding. But, um, yeah, there's, you know, Miami and Auburn and some of these other schools, but, you know, none of them really in my mind compared to uh, everything that, that Ole Miss had to offer. Do you, do you think your, your mind kind of opened up when you started getting out of Florida and you were like, man, there's actually like – it's pretty cool to kind of be out of Florida. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I thought I wanted to stay in Florida, but once I kind of had my eyes open to some of these other places, um, kind of made it a pretty easy decision that um, I, I wouldn't mind moving to a, a different state. And, um, you know, of course, I'd, it would have been nice to be, you know, close to my parents. They could come and watch all the time and whatnot, but uh, – no, I'm super happy I, I came to Mississippi. Um, and, and to be honest, I didn't even really know what Ole Miss was. Uh, mm -hmm. I had never even really heard of Ole Miss. I mean, I'd, you know, heard here and there, like, football stuff. And I, I liked college football growing up. But I didn't even really watch a whole lot of college baseball uh, growing up. I would watch the College World Series when it came on. And um, I remember watching Carson Fulmer and um, some of those guys at Vandy uh, when they won and um, or when Virginia beat them and um, some of those later, you know, when I was in high school. But uh, I think being around Tampa, like a big pro pro team kind of place, uh, I wasn't huge into college baseball. I was worried about the Rays and you got the Lightning, you got the Bucks. I mean, um, 
Uh, you live in the championship city right now, brother. They, <laughs> yeah. they win in at least one sport every year, if not two. Yeah. Well, now we're losing Brady, so we'll, we'll see, but, uh, that's what I was gonna say, man. It's a, it's a sad. It's been a sad place for a couple of days. Yeah, it is. Y'all be y'all be okay. Y'all got y'all got enough winning done for a decade <laughs> at least. But you know, normally normally I would disagree with you, Tim, in the sense of because uh, I was stationed in Florida and I'm from Memphis. And I said uh, after being stationed in California and Florida, I was like, I'm never going back home. I was like, I love the beach. I love the weather. I would never go back. But the reason I will agree with you is because living here, I know how big baseball is. Uh, whether you're talking about the high school baseball scene um, or you're talking about Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and then, you know, Arkansas is just around the way. Like, it's just, there's just, so, there's so much baseball here. And this is an area, it's a mecca for college baseball. So for that reason, I would understand making the move. For a guy like me, no, nah, I don't play college baseball. I'd rather be at the beach, but. Nonetheless, you did move to, to North Mississippi. Was it a little bit of a culture shock? Because, I mean, Oxford's kind of kind of the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely moving from a, a pretty big city in Tampa to Oxford was a little bit of a change. But um, I think I, I liked it. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and like uh, he was saying before, I mean, Lutz is not a huge – it's not – I mean, there's not much there. It's just pretty much some suburbs and whatnot. And um, so I think – I kind of had some comfortableness coming to Oxford because um, I, you know, Lutz is not huge either. Um, but I, you know, it's just something about the small college town. Uh, I just fell in love with it. Um, and it got yeah. ranked. It got ranked number one this year as far as as college town. So there you go. That's. I mean, and I think it's going to be like that for a long time, and at least up in that top five. Um, you know, some people will try to influence it where this one's better. <laughs> but I think I think Oxford is the best college town in the country. And uh, so would you say you were more nervous or excited when you got there? Uh, I was more excited. Um, you know, I, I think I liked, uh, I just liked the small town feel. Uh, just, I'm not really a huge city guy. Uh, you know, I wouldn't really even go into Tampa that much, um, to be honest. Uh, I would go in for the sports and whatnot, but, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a huge city kind of guy. So um, I think it was kind of nice to, into a smaller college town. I don't think I would have fit in in like a, you know, somewhere in like a Dallas or, you know, a big, you know, Atlanta, like a big city kind of like that or anything. So I, I really enjoyed coming to a small college town. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Uh, you know, uh, the perspective on it. And, you know, I love hearing that you've enjoyed uh, not only picking that as the school, but you're, you know, we're fixing to get into your time there. And, and with that, you know, we could be on here all night with your whole career. So we're just going to, you know, the first three seasons, I kind of want to get a summary, you know, um, first of all, you know, what was it like first time playing in Swayze? You know, what were the, you know, crowds like once you started SEC ball and going to the other SEC stadiums? And then, um, you know, as far as expectations, did you, did you meet your expectations as far as how well you played? Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, I think coming here and experiencing SEC baseball and one of the best stadiums in the country uh, was an eye opener for sure. I mean, the most people I'd played in front of before that was about two, 300. So uh, oh, wow. coming and playing in front of 10,000 was uh, a little bit of a wake up call, but I mean, a super cool experience, especially that, that first time. What was uh, your first SEC uh, series? Do you remember in, in Swayze? I, I think it was, Arkansas uh, oh so you had a big dog in for yeah. um it was either Arkansas or Tennessee and uh I mean but both of those I mean 
were just crazy compared especially to what I had played in front of before. Um, but, you know, I mean, expectations coming in, I, you know, I was hoping to play right away and play well. And, um, but it didn't, it didn't really work out that way. Um, and yeah, I think I, I think I understand now why it didn't. Um, but I think that uh, coming in and having a little failure was actually good for me. Um, Cause I think I grew up just always being really good. And um, of course everybody has failure in baseball. It's a game of failure, but um I had never, uh, I'd never really been like beaten out for a spot. And, uh, you know, Tyler Keenan played really well. I mean, he was a freshman All-American uh, and he played really well. And, um, you know, they just stuck with him the rest of the year. I think I, we split time the first half and um, he ended up playing the rest of the year and did really well. I mean, props to him. He's a really good baseball player and uh, we're probably going to see him in the bigs uh, in a little, in, in a couple of years. Well, but. I mean, I'll take it from one of your teammates, you know, Hudson Sapp told me that, you know, instead of giving me the, you know, uh, I hate that I'm not playing. He told me, you know, he's going to take it all in. He's going to, he's going to watch and learn, learn the game and get better at it from, you know, evaluating and observing. And that's the way you got to look at it, especially like you said, you knew there was a guy there in front of you that unfortunately, you know, that, that was his spot, but you take everything in. And sometimes it, it's better to, you know, observe and learn everything you can before you, you know, touch the field. Yeah. Uh, 100%. I would agree. Um, you know, I think I'd, probably came in a little bit of a nervous freshman and um, didn't really play to how I could play. And uh, I think I probably even changed my mindset a little bit. I wasn't really like attacking like I usually was. I was just kind of hoping something was good, good was going to happen. And uh, I think that was really good for me to learn that like, hey, you just got to go for it. Like be confident in yourself, uh, trust your abilities and just go out and do it. And like you said, uh, take that time to learn. Uh, learn about yourself, learn more about the game learn from your teammates, you know, learn how to be a good teammate. Uh, I think that was huge for me, like learning how to, hey, I got to be a team guy. I mean, I, I can't be so, I think I, you know, maybe got caught up a little bit and just worrying about, okay, I got to do good here so I can play. Well, you know, once I wasn't playing, I think I took a step back and I'm like, you know, it's not all about that. Uh, right. We're, we're a team here. We are all going for one goal. Uh, we are trying to win the national championship. And like, I think having that, uh, having to take that step back and realize like, Hey, uh, we're, we're all in this together. Like, uh, and I think that really helped me learn and become a better teammate. Um, well, speaking of, you know, better teammate, you know, uh, for those who don't know, when did you get named to be the captain of the team? Uh, my junior year, uh, was the first year I was, um, co-captains with Greer Holston. And, you know, what I was telling people, you know, Outside of Derek Jeter, which is a is a nice person to be named with, you know, I I talk to SEC guests, or me and Daniel talk to SEC guests all around. I go to all these different menus. You're referred to as the captain by your peers and by fans of other teams. And so um, what does that mean to you? Like, like I said, because I, that's the only other guy that I've ever heard nicknamed that. And so for you to be regarded as the captain, you know, that obviously speaks to your character and your work ethic and, um, you know, just the way you carry yourself. What does that mean to you to like carry that nickname around? Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's an honor um, just to be thought of that way by my teammates and my peers. Um, it's, it's a, it's a true honor, uh, especially with Ole Miss, across, Ole Miss across my chest as well. Um, I couldn't be more thankful for that. And just to, just to have my teammates uh, with that kind of support and, um, and they know too, that I'm going to support them always, no matter what. And uh 
just having them by my side through it all. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better team, a better culture, a better friends. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do anything that I do without them. Um, so super thankful for all them. And um, yeah, that's why I, I love, I love playing here and uh, I wish I never had to leave, but uh, <laughs> this is my last year of eligibility, but. And uh, unless you get that first round draft offer, you're going to be in a hurry to leave. <laughs> yeah. But um, especially if it's them Braves, man, could you imagine? Ooh, I actually hope that happens for you. I hope it's the Tampa Bay Devil Rays calling one to, one to drop you. Great farm system. Great farm system. <laughs> but, uh, you know, speaking of that testament to your character, before we get into the baseball of last year, you know, you were the first player in program history to be the SEC Scholar Athlete of the Year. You know, we've, we've sat there and talked about your academics, but I mean, um, to be the first guy to do something and it really just speak to what you're doing, you know, out or off the field and in the classroom, you know, how big of an accomplishment was that for you as a guy who's got all these accolades in baseball, but to get an accolade that big in academics? Oh, that was huge. I mean, I, I've, I've always tried to, you know, make school an important part of my life because I think, you know, getting a higher education is important. Um, I think that my parents instilled that in me and, my, you know, my sister pushed me as well. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's an important thing is to, you know, kind of have some discipline in that and, um, you know, try to try to reach for goals, you know, not just in sports, but in, in all around in your life. Uh, so, you know, I've take pride in that and, uh, you know, try to do my best in that, like I try to do my best in baseball um, and in, in everything I do. But I mean, apparently you're doing it really well, because like I said, on the on the page, it says you're the master of sports analytics. And yeah. then the, the fact that you're a, a raised guy and they're analytics people, if it doesn't work out for you playing, you know, apparently you're going to have this job creating this mega team. Hey, well, hey, we'll see. We'll Man, see. I, we'll see what happens. Tim, <laughs> I, I got a master's degree. I ain't a master in nothing. Oh. Ain't nobody ever called me a master of anything. <laughs> well, I'm not a master yet. I got to graduate first of this, but I, ha I have plenty of faith in you based upon <laughs> everything I've read and seen. So no worries there, but let's get into last season. Uh, I was actually supposed to uh, go watch y'all in Arlington. Uh, you know, we're sitting here talking about this weather that's coming upon us and, uh, it's it's coming again but this time not not when I'm trying to head out to Arlington to watch you guys play so I got snowed in had to watch y'all from TV but nonetheless y'all still got to go there um you know going to to Arlington to Globe Life Field you have six top 10 teams you know what's it like you know you just talked about going from 300 people to 10,000 now you're playing in a major league baseball park with six of the best teams in the country what was that like that was uh one of the coolest experiences I think I I've ever had and may ever have. Um, especially there was a couple teams from, I mean, I think Texas, Texas Tech, uh, and maybe one other team. Um, TCU from, was the other one. TCU, exactly. It was TCU. Um, you beat them all. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, heck, all those games, I mean, all their Texas fans are all there. Uh, so I mean, there was that place was pretty packed out for some of those games. And, Only uh, the national championship Bulldogs messed it up for y'all. Y'all would have went nine and no sweep for the SEC. Yeah, I know. Uh -huh. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was just super cool uh, playing in front of so many people in such a beautiful stadium. Uh, you know, it was just a super cool experience. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't think I'll ever forget it, especially that, that Texas Tech game coming down that last out and uh, that place going crazy. Um, that was a really cool experience. And uh, I'm sorry you didn't get to go. but uh, <laughs> Hey, you know, I, I shout out Globe Life all the time. I sent them a picture of my car snowed in. They refunded me for my ticket. So, hey, 
no, no and I was able to cancel the hotel like so I I was out none I just had to uh subscribe to Flow Sports so I could watch and I watched every single game so it's it's all good man it, no, nothing lost I still got to see quality baseball and I'm good with it we got it all worked out it all worked out but uh you know obviously you know your team um starts off hot you know the expectations are high y'all y'all go sweep that um you know y'all are rolling and then you know kind of kind of went up and down a little bit but for you you had obviously what everybody knows about um you know on april 5th you tore your acl against north alabama you know uh when i played sports i never had a significant injury like that um so i don't know what goes through the mindset of somebody in real time when that happens take take us through you know when it happens you know what are your thoughts yeah um you know right when it happened uh I can still remember, uh, you know, I'm laying on the ground and our trainer comes out there and, you know, I, I've never really had a significant injury like that either. Um, you know, never had any knee problems, leg problems, nothing. You know, I had a little bit of arm trouble when I'm like 12, which I think most kids, you know, nowadays do. Um, but I mean, that's, that, that's totally fine now, but you know, I've never had a big injury like that. So, you know, it, I kind of feel it go and I'm, I'm telling the trainer, I'm like, Hey, I think I dislocated my knee and He's like, all right, all right. And so, you know, they take me back and do the test. And um, they're like, yeah, we think it's, uh, it could be your ACL. You know, that test feels pretty loose. And, um, but I mean, just so many emotions rolling through my mind right there. Um, I, I remember uh, Keith Carter was actually watching the game at home. And uh, he, right when it happened, he drove over to the stadium and he was, he was at the stadium walking back there with me by the time I was walking to the training room. Um, so, I mean, shout out to him. I mean, one of the best, uh, one of the best guys I've ever met. And to have him uh, be the head of your athletics, um, I don't think you could ask for a better, better guy to do that. Um, but anyways, I mean, just the, just the emotions were, were crazy, you know, um, finding out that it was probably my ACL and um, getting those MRI results back. Uh, you know, I was, I was emotional. Um, it was tough. But uh, I remember that night, uh, Coach Clem sent me a text and said, hey, people are going to see um, how you react to this. And, uh, you know, I think I think you can be in control of if that's a positive thing or a negative thing. And um, I'll always remember that because I'm like, all right, you know what? No matter what happens, uh, I'm not going to let myself get down. I'm not going to let myself, uh, you know, be woe is me. You know, all oh, this bad thing happened to me. I was having a good season. And um, I was like, you know, no matter what, I'm just going to be positive about it. Uh, take it one day at a time and uh, you know that's what I did and that's what I tried to do and I think that really helped me throughout the whole thing coming back and everything so and, and you know reading numerous articles and you you mentioned it off the top in the beginning of the show being a, a person of faith I know that that really helped you in your yeah. journey you know you know that God has a plan and you know that you know there's going to be setbacks you know your, your direction may not exactly be exactly what he's got planned for you, but, you know, you take what he gives you. And like you said, you, you can decide to lay on the mat or you decide to get up and, you know, you ended up doing that. You decided that you were going to go out there and be Superman and, uh, and, and put on your cape. And, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Jim, real quick, Tim, did, did in a sense, like getting hurt and having an injury, give you a chance to slow down, take a step back and go, let me like, analytically observe this game let me look at this game and let me get better from a different angle let me 
um, fine tune some some things that I wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to fine tune when I'm in it, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I think, you know, I, I didn't really know what I want to do, you know, after I'm done with baseball and kind of when this injury happened, you know, I kind of felt almost like in a coaching kind of role. I mean, like I was trying to still be a leader and be there for my teammates and cheering them on. And, but yeah, I was able to kind of step back and look at the game in a different lens uh, and really just be more of an observer and almost in a coaching type role. And um, that kind of elevated me to one day want to get into coaching. Um, and yeah, just to be able to just take a step back and look at the, look at the game from a different perspective and, you know, learn the little innuendos and, you know, why, why coach B makes this decision and, you know, all these different things. And um, so, yeah, I think it, I think definitely helped with, you know, kind of slowing things down and um, yeah. Well, like, like I said, you, you learn something cause you do on that Kate and you know, you play, you, you play with one knee and uh, you know, the, the moment I want to get, you know, you know, bombs are what always get people's attention, you know, the three-run homer against Texas A&M and a win at their house, uh, you know, what's the adrenaline rush? You know, you're back, you're playing on one knee, and then you're, you know, hitting bombs again. Like, what's that feel like? Uh, it was a crazy feeling. Um, you know, it was, it was just a a crazy month, really, like, leading up to that. You know, I'm getting the news that, hey, you know, you tore your ACL, but, hey, but there is a chance, you know, we see cases here and there where, like, people can play with braces and um, – you know, it just kind of depends on the person. Some people can, some people can't, um, depends on the sport. And like, you know, we haven't really seen a whole lot of things in baseball, but, um, you know, we'll talk to this doctor and this doctor who has seen those things. And so got some different opinions and, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, just strengthen it and, uh, you can give it a try. So, um, just started praying and asking God to heal it up and, um, had a lot of people praying for me, which I was so super thankful for. And, uh, he blessed me with that. And, um, you know, healed my knee and gave me that, that positive energy and that peace, uh, that just like, Hey, I got you. Like, uh, I know this bad thing happened, but I'm going to use it for a different reason. Um, than you may think. So he gave me that peace and that, that joy that I brought every day and, um, that strength. And, um, but I mean that, that moment at A&M, I, I basically, I think I say it in the video, like I basically blacked out. Uh, I mean, I hit the ball and I'm like, no way. I just hit a home run. And I'm like, running. Around, I don't even really remember running around the bases because I was just like, wow, what is going on? Well, uh, and, you, and you were saying the whole process was crazy, you know, and I watched all your games. So, I mean, I got to give a shout out to the coaching staff because the way they used you, you know, right? Like you come in, you DH, you hit, you don't run the bases, you know, they did everything to protect you, but they utilized, you know, your skill set and you were able to come in and help contribute to your team when needed to be. And so, you know, you would continue that on you, you know, you had success against Georgia, then Bandy in the SEC tournament. So like, I mean, you know, they, they found ways to get you in the game and utilize you. And so um, it really speaks to the coaching staff and what they did, but y'all had another setback with the injury um, that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, obviously Gunnar Hogland, you know, with the, the Tommy John surgery, um, you know, you as a captain, as a leader of that team, you know, you, you had to overcome your own injuries, but now you got to get your guys to realize, you know, Hey, or our one of our two aces is is down, um, but we got to keep on trucking. What what's that like? What's the message you're giving to your teammates? Um, you know, it was kind of the same thing the whole year. It was just like we're we're obviously going to be facing lots of adversity, and we're just going to have to take take that kick and uh, keep moving forward. 
Um, you know, that was obviously a huge loss, not being able to have Gunner, um, you know, the back half of the year. Um, but, you know, we it, it was the same thing all year. Uh, you know, we had kind of a, a rough patch there in the middle, and it was, you know, it's like, hey, we're, we're just going to take these punches and we're going to throw some right back because uh, you just got to wake up the next morning and play another game. Um, so, I mean, the adversity was- y'all faced all season, I, I, re- I really don't think people appreciate enough what y'all had to do to, to fight through, you know, injuries and everything. And, you know, you obviously get to host regionals in uh, Oxford, which, you know, you had another big moment, you know, in the, in the opening game, hit a, you hit another bomb doing what you do. Um, and then you hit a second bomb doing what you do. Um, you know, I think, you know, we talk about Oxford and we talk about all the great things about Swayze. I think uh, the beer showers might be the most unique and coolest thing in college baseball. And I say, I say that to bring it up because you made it rain that day. Yeah, you made it rain a lot. Um, and so how cool is just that atmosphere? You're hosting regionals and you're back, you're playing, you're, you're hitting home runs. Uh, like, I mean, that, I, I didn't get to go to that, but I watched that. That atmosphere just was electric. I mean, how, how cool was it? I mean, awesome. Uh, you know, Swayze is awesome all year, but once especially gets to the playoff time, uh, regionals are just unreal. Um, just so many people, you know, everybody's into the game. And like you said, I mean, those beer showers are – so so unique and awesome for our for our they're so synchronized i don't understand it like it's almost like they're ready at the bam and they're all up and i'm like i don't even get it like it's like y'all just sitting there waiting all game because i've never sat out there so i think they must they must they must just like hey they see a ball in the air and everybody gets ready and if it goes over then they just you know they're synchronized but i I heard i heard tim i can't confirm or deny this this claim but i heard coach b was putting in for a rule change in NCAA to get you personally, if you hit a home run softball rules where you just have to run the first and you, know, you get to start <laughs> off the field. I wish that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that would have obviously been awesome. But no, I usually, I don't sit out there. I sit, uh, I actually sit by, by your area. I'm over there by first base. That's usually my preferred. Uh, and that was the, that was what spoke to your character, uh, you know, talking about this fall we're going to get to that but man the the first time uh my son met you I don't know if you remember but I was standing there and you went to take a picture with him and you just grabbed me and pulled me over you're like get in the picture with us and I was (laughs) like he's every bit of cool as as I've heard and so like it just continues to speak to your character but unfortunately the uh the season you know y'all y'all go to Arizona man y'all give them everything you got you know Taylor Broadway has to go out for game three um, normally the closer y'all come up short but you know I mean we talk about it every with everything that y'all had you know to overcome I think you know getting getting to super regionals getting to a game three with a team as good as Arizona I think you gave it everything you you could and you know not not to do the silver lining thing but I mean I was proud as as a guy as a baseball fan to watch what y'all were able to accomplish with everything that happened yeah I mean it was a crazy year. Um, such a, such a special team. And, um, yeah, I mean, we just faced so much adversity and, uh, you know, Arizona was, was a good team. Um, you know, it, I think it, it definitely stunk that we didn't have uh, Gunnar Hoagland to be able to pitch, uh, that weekend. Um, cause I think, I mean, he's a game changer. I think there, you know, there's I, not a doubt in my mind that y'all are heading to Omaha if he's there. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, the war of attrition is, unfortunately, no matter what sport you're playing, I mean, one that you have to win. Yep. Um, 
but you know, moving on into this year, you know, uh, obviously, you know, you lost Gunner and you lost Nikhazy and you lost Broadway. Um, but what you didn't lose was your batting lineup, top to yeah. bottom. You're all back. There's no team that can say that. Um, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, y'all have the best batting lineup. Like it's it's not even debatable. And you know, if you if you read the other experts, you know, that they got a bigger name than me, they say the same thing. We know it. Um, so the expectations are high. Obviously, you know, you got to fill in those pitching gaps, but you know, you got Doc, and I was fortunate enough. I, was, I told you I live in North Mississippi. You know, I got to watch Hunter Elliott, Luke Ellis, Riley Maddox pitch, you know, in high school. I know what kind of talent y'all have coming in as freshmen, um, some serious talent. And then y'all still had plenty of arms that stuck around. So if the pitching um, can, you know, they don't even got to be superstars. If they could be solid with y'all's lineup, I mean, there's no reason why y'all shouldn't be heading to Omaha. So, Tim, what do y'all got to do to get over that hump? Because y'all have the talent. Y'all have had it for the last few years to, to get there, but just haven't been able to get over the hump. What is it y'all got to do to get there? You know, I think uh, I think you touched on a lot of those things. Um, yeah, I think everybody knows we probably have the best lineup in the whole country. Um, yeah, we have everybody back and even added some other pieces as well. Um, and you know, I think we'll have the best offense in the country. But even besides that, I think our pitching staff is, of course, it hurts losing Doug and Gunner and Taylor because um, they are awesome pitchers and some of the best that will probably ever pitch at Ole Miss. Um, but I think our our staff this year is is just just as good, honestly. And and I think it may even have more depth, um, which I think is going to be key uh, to be able to have you know more guys that we trust and can go to. And um, you know, I think I think we're even having trouble, you know, who we're picking to be our starters because yeah. we've got a lot of guys up there at the top who are really good, and uh, you know, they're new faces. So some people, you know, they don't. Yeah, I don't, don't really know who they are, but you know, and that's guys, what I try to tell people about those yeah. freshman guys, like whether they're starters or they're bullpen guys. I, I've seen them. Hunter Elliott, I watch go toe to toe with Brady Tiger, who's at Arkansas. They're they're ranked number one and number two in the state of Mississippi, and I'll never see a high school matchup like this again, Tim. They they allowed one hit combined between the two of them, uh, twenty nine Ks between the two of them, and and I I watch Hunter duel, and then I watched. Um, Riley Maddox, the same thing, go against the same kid, Brady Tiger, in a different day and do the same thing. And so I, I've seen these guys, and I know what y'all got coming in. And then, like I said, Luke Ellis. So, like, those are the guys you're talking about that no one's seen. And, there, and there's more than just them. Those are just the three specifically that I have relationships with. So, uh, yeah, plethora of talent. Um, you know, we got Doc uh, coming on uh, here soon with the episode. I, I definitely think he's a guy that y'all are going to be able to rely on as, as a Friday night guy. Um sure. But for you, what you know, we talk about the team aspect. This is my last question, and we'll let we'll let Daniel get to a game with you. Every player has room for improvement, and being that you're the kind of humble guy that you are, um, what's the one area you feel like you need to improve upon the most? Yeah, I, I think last year, um, I think I struck out a little bit more than I probably wanted to, uh, especially like whenever I came back. Um, you know, I guess it was kind of like a hit or miss kind of thing, uh, anyways, but. You know, I, I think I want to just focus on just grinding out at bats, uh, you know, not just, you know, sometimes I think I would just kind of give some at bats away. And, um, you know, that's kind of a big philosophy for us in our offense is just grinding out at bats, um, you know, having having long at bats, making the pitcher throw more pitches, uh, um, you know, making solid contact very consistently. And um, that's just something I'd, you know, I'd obviously like that I can hit some home runs, but um, I want to have you know, good, consistent at bats all the time and, you know, always making the pitcher work. 
Uh, so that's that's a goal for me, especially um, this year. And um, and one more thing before I let Daniel, you know, um, obviously when I went to fall, you still weren't in the field yet. Uh, Van Cleve was playing first, a lot of aldermen. Um, you know, is that you think that's going to be the plan? I know you're not the coach, but, you know, to to rotate you and, and give you some time to where you're not, um, you know, in the field all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think we're just I think we're going to have to just feel it out. I mean, Coach B uh, kind of for the first couple of weeks leading up to SEC play, he always kind of rotates guys in and um, sees which lineup he likes the best and, um, you know, what really works the best. And so I think we're going to see, you know, the first couple of weeks, everybody's going to be kind of going all over the place and uh, seeing, you know, what Coach B wants. Because, um, I mean, we, you know, I think he wants to incorporate guys like Burford and um, Leatherwood and Van Cleve and Olderman and, you know, so many guys that he wants to play. And, you know. So, Y'all have a good problem to have. Too, too yeah, many guys. Exactly. So we're going to have lots of guys working through. And, um, you know, I think we'll just kind of, see how the lineup shakes out, you know, come SEC play. Um, but I think either way, any way you shake it out, uh, we're going to be really good. So um, no matter where anybody plays, uh, we're going to be a really good Rebel team this year. Well, man, I, I know anywhere in the SEC, when someone goes there, the expectations are high. And based off of everything we've seen over the past year, last year, and, you know, moving through the fall up until this point, man, we, we know it's Omaha or bust. We know you guys want to win a national championship and dude, like when we look at it on paper and when we see it, you know, throughout the fall and Jim's going to be able to witness, he's got season tickets for you guys. So like, he's going to be following this all year and it's going to be an incredible journey in my opinion for you guys. So I'm excited. I know you're excited. Um, but before we let you roll, we're going to play a quick little game called This or That. You down to play? Mm -hmm. All right, man. So we've, we've played this 100-plus times with every guest we've had on the show. It's taken, you know, different shapes. We've had different questions. I try to pilot some new questions. And given that, you know, this is a special episode, Tim, this is the last episode of season four for us Let's go. and we're gonna we're gonna move into season five so i'm gonna pilot some new questions with you so they're not all gonna be softball questions we're gonna have some doozies out there so i, I i'm confident it's gonna be good all right so I, i'm gonna start with this one and this some somehow has taken a mind of its own we put it on a survey on uh, social media it blew up people are are all over the place with it so let me ask you where you stand is a hot dog a sandwich yes or no uh no <laughs> it's not is, is a hamburger a sandwich uh a hamburger's a hamburger it's not a sandwich the, your guy the, daniel your guy <laughs> my guy the political answer straight to the point a hot dog's a hot dog and a burger is a burger that's it that's right Believe it or not, Tim, a lot of people voted that they're both sandwiches. It's crazy. And I don't even want to know those people, to be honest. <laughs> so going to a baseball question, would you rather hit bombs and strike out a lot or would you rather get on base a lot but not hit bombs? Uh, I would rather hit bombs and strike out a lot. <laughs> Hell yeah, because – Chicks dig the long ball, man. I actually right. thought he was going to be the first one to go the other way. I actually thought yeah. he was going to go for batting average. <laughs> he, 
he got he got beer showers, you know, opening <laughs> day last year, and he's like, "Yeah, this is cool. I, I I'll take this every few days and strike out every other time for that." <laughs> but he just said he was trying to cut down on a strikeout, so I don't I know. know. I know that's why it's like I, it kind of threw me for a doozy, but I'm like, I gotta take the home runs. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> of course, of course. All right, who is smarter, you or your sister? My my sister is my sister is smarter than me. Uh, she also is a lot better at not being a procrastinator uh, and and getting her work done. Uh, I'm my sister outright. You just you just like putting the pressure on, man. You you thrive in the pressure, so you wait to the last minute. Yeah, yeah. That honestly, uh, like it really does. I, I work better when it's like, all right, it's due in two hours. Let's go, knock it out. I don't know, There's something about it. All right, so would you rather be the smartest person in the world or the richest person in the world? Ooh, uh, I would rather be the smartest person in the world because then I'll just make a lot of money being smart. There you go. <laughs> I, I can respect that. Would you rather call somebody or text? Uh, I would rather text somebody. I like texting. Mm. That's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel calls me and I don't like it. Yeah. Look, I, I, the, this is this is true true factual information about me. There's a lot of group threads, a lot of messenger threads, and I will straight up ask at the end of the day, can you please provide me a summary of the chat thread for the entire day? I just, I just, I, I just don't have it in me to read it all. I just don't. Yeah. I do feel yeah. you on that. Yeah. Of course, I miss out on things, and you know, <laughs> folks get mad. But like, you know, my my little notification pops up, and I decrease my usage time every week on my phone. And, the, so and then he I calls like me, and I gotta give him a thirty minute rundown. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm down for that. Shoot. Would you would you rather go back in the past or fast forward to the future? Uh, I would rather go back in the past. What would you think. would you do anything different or you just want to go back and relive it? Uh, I think I would just want to go back and relive it. I mean, I sure I'd like to like change some of the bad things that happened in the past, but I don't know if I'd have that much power to do that, but uh Oh no, the future is just like uh, I don't know. You don't really know what's gonna happen in the future. At least in the past, you know what to expect. True. You said you want to dictate your future by what by what you do now. So you yeah. don't want to fast forward through that. You don't want the easy route. You want to work I'm your way through. Live right now. We'll just uh, we'll, we'll pave that path as we go. You got you got to respect that. <laughs> All right. Is the glass half full or half empty? It's definitely half full. Come on, you—that you, was a layup. You knew I was gonna say Apple. No, 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 no. So, so <laughs> I didn't because you gotta, you gotta think about this question. I, I, this is a new question, and and maybe I'm, I'm gonna give some context to, to it next time I ask it. But if you're a glass half full kind of person, you're very positive, like, and and I get that from you. But I could also see you from this light too. The glass can be half empty. Because when you know it's half empty, you got to turn it on and the pressure's on. And you said it yourself, you're, you're a pressure guy. 
So like yeah. I, I feel like maybe next time I ask it, I'll give some context to it. But you know, the glass is always out. half empty, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, Jim. Come on, uh, I'm not the I'm not the most positive guy, man. I tell you, I'm I'm a walking anxiety case. You should see you should see me anytime I watch any of y'all play baseball, and I and I'm rooting for y'all every every game. Stress that that was the beauty of being in Omaha when I was rooting for Mississippi State there. After you know, I went there to watch them in Tennessee and root on the SEC teams, and I was a nervous wreck. And then once they were up nine nothing, I could finally breathe. Yeah. <laughs> Like surely, right? They, they're gonna I mean, Landon Sims was coming out. They had a nine nothing lead. I was like, I think I could finally the the glass is half full at that point. You could take it. You could take a deep breath at that point for sure. <laughs> Tim Elko said, "I wish Landon Sims would throw me some." Oh, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there for that series, and I'm ready, and I'm gonna be Daniel neutral colors. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be wearing the black and white in off the bench podcast. Sure. I will not get in between those two. Mm. Teams. Mm. That's See, and, and, and then he wants to know why we give him so much crap about having his LSU stuff, his Mississippi uh, stuff, his Ole Miss stuff. Tim, see, here's the thing, man. We meet all these guys. We get all these games. My, my son has relationships with them. It's no different than him meeting you and the guys. Like, I mean, he's torn. He's a Cameron James guy. He's a Hayden Leatherwood guy. He's a Brady Tiger. And all these guys play for different SEC teams, and I'm kind of with them. Like, I love the character of everybody. You know, now that we've talked to you, and then, like, I'm an Ole Miss season ticket holder, I'll probably be wearing Ole Miss gear to start the season. Then I'm going to head out to Starville, and I have that, and I'm just a confused individual. What can I say? It's I mean, right. he he's he's one more SEC series away from being a Florida fan. Like no, no, like, sir, like, no, sir. I, I I kid. Hey, hey, I tell you this. I tell you this, Tim, and I let him finish up. We have had a player from every single SEC team either on or lined up, but two schools, Vandy and Florida, because we don't root for either of them. Nice, nice. <laughs> So last two questions, and these are staple questions. I don't think we'll ever get rid of these questions. Um, if you were offered the first round, first pick and the first round of the draft, but they said you have to lose all your friends, mm. or you can be the last pick in the draft and you get to keep your friends. Those are the only two options now, nothing in between. First pick, first round, no friends. Last pick, last round, keep your friends. What are you choosing? Uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go last pick. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, think about it now. I, I, la la last year, the difference between these two picks was was about eight million dollars. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of money. You What's knew that? he was going friends, Daniel. Come I on have, now. Then I have to make all new friends. And, you know, I like my friends. I love them. You know, his teammate Leatherwood's probably about one of the only guys that said, give me the first pick. <laughs> look, look Tim, Tim, I, I like Jim. He's a great dude, my best friend. But if somebody's going to offer me the bag, dude, like, <laughs> I, I'll find a new Jim. <laughs> oh, come on now. You don't mean may, may, Maybe a better one. I don't know. I don't know what's out there. But for $8 million, I bet I can find a pretty good one. <laughs> Daniel, I tell you what, I really look forward to this next question specifically because of the answer all his teammates have given. I, I, I want to see if Tim really is the smartest one of the group. I, I want to know this too because I'll, I'll just let you answer it before I, I talk bad about your about your compadres, man. 
Would you rather spend 10 years in a coma or would you rather spend five years in jail? Uh, and we, we're not talking about just like a little holding cell jail. We're talking yeah. about five years in, in, in the, the federal yeah. prison, man. The, the big uh, boy. I'm going, I'm going 10 years in the coma. Uh, he's, he's smart. He, the only, the only one that has picked the coma is Ben Van Cleve. The rest of your teammates have said jail. Taylor Broadway fired off jail. Like he was ready for it. <laughs> and, and, and guess what? You, you, you now know that you've, Played or are playing with a bunch of guys that are liars, <laughs> liars. Uh, oh man, Tim, any, anything you want to plug or promote while before we let you run? No, uh, I just really appreciate y'all having me and uh, really enjoyed it, and hope hope the listeners enjoy it. Look, man, we are here for you. Whatever you need, anything you know, that you can think of. You want to come back on when we finish up SEC play or before you guys head out to Omaha because I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling, pretty good feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, hit us up. We'd love to have you back on. Awesome. Um, but we are blessed to have you. We wish you nothing but the best throughout your season. Injury-free, just get after it, grind, hustle, and, and man, we're looking forward to it. So Thank you. Um, we appreciate it again. Y'all check him out on Instagram. It's real easy. Tim underscore Elko. Very simple. You can follow him, see what he's got going on. See him in the powder blues on there doing his thing. Um, but Tim, thank you, man. And that's been another great episode, another insightful episode with another amazing athlete. If you like hearing Tim's story, or if you like just hearing average shows talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback is always welcome. And we're going to see everyone next week, season five premiere, episode one. We're talking Cal Poly baseball with the number one ranked player in the country, Brooks Lee. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.